0: Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today we have part three of our Eric Lindros, Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche Trade tree discussion, uh, we have been doing this, this has been our episodes for this week. Uh, part one was Tuesday, part two was yesterday, so if you are just catching up to it now, definitely go back and listen to those first two episodes because I uh, go through the entire trade in those two episodes. This episode is going to be uh, revisiting that and kind of just talking about everything that's happened Uh, over the course of that trade with my good friend Kyle Sullivan, who is going to be joining us here momentarily. Uh, And Kyle has some other knowledge of the deal that was not discussed in the video. So definitely go back, listen to those other two episodes, go watch the Sportsnet video, the Trade Tree video that they did that breaks all of this insanity down, and uh, come back here and then listen to Kyle and I just kind of go off on tangents about this whole deal because it's it's a franchise-defining deal. And even we get into looking forward of could this be happening right now with what the Avalanche did with the Matt Duchesne deal? Are we living in another trade tree Eric Lindros style deal that... In 10, 15 years from now, will this be another video that we're watching because of the, the moves that Joe Sackick made? So uh, really good discussion, like always, that I have with Kyle. So uh, that's coming up momentarily. But first, before we get to that very quickly, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor. And once again, it is Rock Auto over at rockauto.com. If you're working on your car. Any part you can imagine up in your head, they have it at Rock Auto. Amazing selection. Incredibly low prices. RockAuto.com. All right. Let's get to Kyle and kind of put a bow on uh, these these last three episodes of breaking down this awesome deal. All right. So welcome back to the show. And joining me once again is Mr. Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, this marks the what? I've lost count. Fourth, five? Fifth time? Four, five, four, five. or five? Yeah. I I think it's just infinite the amount of times that you're gonna come on the show. So we don't really have to keep track. It's just kind of uh fun to know that you want to keep coming back on the on the show. So I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's an honor
0: every time. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So we will get into the the trade between Lindros and the Quebec Nordique slash Colorado Avalanche, which is what we've been covering all week. <clears throat> but because of that, we have not really talked about the return of hockey. And during all of this, we've got dates. <clears throat> and those dates are, what are they? August 1st is return to play, I believe. Yeah, aug- July twenty. Fourth, no third? something like that 23rd 24th yeah. is the kind of quick what do they call it? a training camp i guess they're calling it yeah i'm still in the boat of i want to see a puck dropped uh we talk a lot you are in the complete opposite end of that you are like hockey's coming back i couldn't be more happier do yeah. you still feel that way? Do you still feel like even with the way of the state of the world is, you are in Alabama. Yes. <clears throat> that is becoming I don't want to say a hot spot. Would what, would you say that or no?
1: Yeah, we have a beach, so it's a <laughs> hot spot.
0: <laughs> so hot spot. All right. So even with those things happening around the world and this thing kind of ticking back up, uh How do you feel? Do you still feel like we are getting hockey August 1st?
1: Yes, because you gotta view it in this way. The return to play is more of the NHL continuing to isolate itself in gradual stages. It's we see it as phase one, two, three of a return, but it's also the NHL's way of isolating and quarantining, quote unquote, in different stages. This training camp is a soft quarantine for the team um it opens it up the team full team together coaching staff in a soft quarantine Uh um before they send them to the hub city and uh, nhl's keeping an eye on it it's why they're not rolling out the red carpet for a long training camp it's going to be a short concise everybody get together let's get and then ship them off to the to the hub cities toronto or Edmonton. I think mm-hmm. it's more of the and the further along the playoffs go, that's less teams to quarantine, less players to worry about. And I think the NHL is just trying to whittle it down um all the way through. Yeah. And letting it play out that way. So that's how I'm viewing this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I it's just uh I understand that the NHL needs to um have these dates set just in, in case like everything does go according to plan. They can't uh, not have dates and then just say, okay, everything is good. So, you know, we're going to start this up next week. That's just not how the business can work. So, yeah, they have to have set dates now. Now it's just a matter of can we adhere to those dates and can everybody do what they're going to do? I Like I said, I still have doubts, but they the language that they're using is uh, we're playing.
1: (laughs) Yep. they've already said they're going to treat a positive COVID test as an injury. You're separated two weeks by yourself. They're testing nightly. So Mm -hmm. their viewpoint, this is their way of controlling a little bit more, putting the team together. You don't have to worry about Z training over in Florida, or you don't have to worry about everybody training in different places. You're making the circle smaller with each phase.
0: Now, the one thing I am looking forward to is – uh the the way the schedule is it is hockey from like morning to night it it oh, it's going to it's going to feel free like <laughs> i mean it's going to feel like that first round of the the NCAA tournament where it's just basketball from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed it that's that's going to be an awesome awesome thing to watch just non-stop hockey all day long i don't remember anything like that
1: i haven't seen one complaint i mean this is what a lot of casual fans tune in for yeah and with the absence of sports as it is, you put nonstop playoff hockey on television, you're getting eyeballs.
0: smart move, it really is, so we will see we We are less than a month away um if we do get hockey when we are supposed to get it, so anything can happen between then and now, but let's see, let's wait and see. One thing that we know happened because it happened. Almost twenty years ago now, and it's the thing that we've been talking about all week. Is this Eric Lindros trade tree that Sportsnet released? Um, we talked about it the last two days. Got through the entire trade. Got through the whole video. So I figured I'd have you on because you and I were talking about this. You you brought it up to me, um, and yeah, man. Like when I when I watched the video in that opening scene where he just like kind of pans out and it just keeps going. And, um, it's a great video. It's a great video uh, on, on just kind of reliving it. And there are things in here that I did not know traced back to Eric Lindros that far. What were the things that stood out to you that you went, Oh my God, I didn't know that guy. You could trace it down to that guy. Was there any like one that jumped out more than the others?
1: Um, just the fact of, well, we have our two cups and in this trade, many valuable pieces to acquire the cup in 95, 96 and the 2001 cup, they're there. You got Deadmarsh, you got Rob Blake, you got Ray Bork, you got Claude Lemieux. I mean, we wouldn't have the rivalry with Detroit without Claude Lemieux, right? And it all came from this. From Eric Lindros not wanting to play with Quebec management that one little move set the the genesis of the avalanche organization and I did I, I skipped over
0: parts of the the video uh, where the guy Steve Dangle who did the the, the video went on and on and on and on about Eric Lindros and his love of Eric Lindros it kind of got into like this bromance thing <clears throat> and i i skipped over it just because you know that's we, we know about Eric Lindros you know that that's that's the golden egg of the deal um but he do, like there are some good parts of him in in the video and like you said like they show a clip of him in an interview that he did i don't know when that interview was done it it seems a little while ago i don't think it was like within the past couple years it doesn't seem like um, yeah, it, it was dated. maybe like 10 years ago or something like that i'm guessing yep. i don't know yeah. but he said in that he said you know I, I i didn't really make myself clear at the time and it was it was ownership um and that's why he didn't want to play for quebec and he said you know if if that owner was in charge of. I think he used uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as an example. He's like, if he was in charge of Toronto, I wouldn't have wanted to play for Toronto. It was nothing against Quebec, nothing against the city, nothing really against the the players or, or the team. It was the ownership. So, and he said he never made that clear back in the day. Does that make it? You know, does that make the fans today any less bitter? I would say, for me, because of the haul that the Avalanche took in. I don't have any hard feelings. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. So uh, I, I get where he's coming from. Sometimes players do that. Sometimes players just don't want to play for a certain uh, team or city or owner. And that was the case with him.
1: Yep. I mean, you could, you could, uh, this is a long shot, but the Rangers have a possibility of getting that number one pick. You know, you, you said with this with James do you right. think Lafayette would want to play under James Dolan?
0: Oof. Then? Now? The, oh, you, I mean, now.
1: Now. I don't know.
0: I, don't, I mean, is he... I'm, I'm, I
1: I'm, I'm taking the Lindros right. of thinking, applying it to current day. Okay.
0: I don't... You don't see it so much in today. Like, when is the last time a marquee player said they weren't going to play for, or a potential marquee player. I don't want to anoint him, you know, this Hall of Famer. Eli Manning. That's what I'm thinking. That's the only one I can think of right off the bat. That, that, that one comes right to the forefront. Since then, has it really happened with a number one pick? I don't think so. So I wonder if those days are gone. I wonder if, you know, guys are just happy to be drafted. They don't really care where they go. Will it happen again? Yeah, probably at some point. Um, but I don't think it's happened since, since Man in, in in any of the major sports that I can think of. Um, but you had said, you know, the Rangers were involved and, and I remember, and I, and I completely forgot this until you said the Rangers were involved in this somehow. I remember watching sports center and they had a floating, uh, logos of the rangers and the flyers and where is he gonna go and i completely forgot the rangers were involved in that you you can remember like what how to what extent were they involved how close were they to getting them and has it been revealed what they would have given up
1: at all i yes um at the time um how it went down management with quebec knew that Lindros wasn't coming. So, uh, Philly, they uh, were going to work this. They were going to work the deal out. And Quebec told Philly, call Lindros, mm-hmm. see if he will play in Philly. If he will, the trade is yours. So, Philly calls him. He said, Oh, yeah, I'll play in Philly. They hang up the phone. 80 minutes later, start to get cold feet, and they're like, they call the Rangers, hey, what can you do for me and that Rangers deal um before we got on, I wrote it's all right here the the Rangers were going to give up one, two, three, four players, including Mike Richter, twenty wow. million dollars, twenty million so. A lot beefier Ranger deal. Um, they were going to give
0: up Mike Richter. Wow, who do they have? The other guys? Do, do you know? Yeah, um, yeah,
1: the Flyers were going to give Mike Ricci, Rod the right. Bod Brendamore, Mark Reckey, who had 123 points in that following season with Lindros's rookie year. Um, Steve Duchesne, Ron Hextall, Dominic Russo, and 15 million. Okay, so that was the original deal. That was the original deal. Went into five days of arbitration. And what ended up getting it back to Quebec was that initial phone call to Lindros. They said, if this wasn't a legitimate deal, you wouldn't have called Lindros. Went back to Quebec. The deal was done. So do do you have... The other players at the Rangers were going to give up. Let's see, Rangers would give up. Sergey uh Nemchov. Tony Amani. Okay. <laughs> Kovalev, James Patrick. And they were waffling between John Van Viesbrook and Mike Richter. Multiple first round draft <laughs> picks and $20. $20 million.
0: And $20 million. So five million extra. Um man i never knew i i never knew that 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 they were on the verge of getting richter and richter is a a legend in in new york rangers circles um you know you know before Lundqvist came along he's kind of you know taking the mantle but um that's shocking to me that is shocking to me. so hey.
1: I, and at wow. the time quebec was so they were they were having money problems they were hungry for Lindros they wanted that star and that's where the hatred came from when he made that decision that I'm not playing in Quebec yeah. that was that was the meal ticket for Quebec to stay to keep that team in Quebec to have Lindros there that would yeah. sell tickets.
0: oh my goodness they, they would have been and they would have been solid just imagine
1: if that trade never happened there would probably be still a Quebec team and Lindros and a Rangers jersey and
0: and would, because the Rangers won it in 92 or 94. Yes. 90. I know it was an even number two. It was either 92 or 94. Regardless, it would have it would have been after this deal. Would they have even won a, a Stanley Cup if they had got rid of Richter? I know Van Beetersbrook is a big piece of the puzzle, but
1: Richter was the man. Would yeah. they have won a cup? Wow. Yeah. It, yeah it, there was so many shocking things about this whole trade tree. even before it even happened, after it happened, and the ripple effects it had through the rest of the franchise. And it's not to say that um Philly ended up getting robbed because they did get Lindros. He sure. was a great player. Yeah. They had the Legion of Doom line. Yeah. Um they were great.
0: I mean Yeah. I, I and and he was and he's you know Hall of Famer and he's got uh he had he had some incredible seasons. But <laughs> this, the, the, the hall over, I mean, this went until what, when was the last real like move? Like 2006, 2007 yeah, was, uh, in that era. So, I mean, they got 15 years of, of play out of this, this one deal. That does not happen anymore.
1: Yeah. If you, if you, just took it at eric lindros to paul stasny yeah that that is your that's your true line to see how deep it goes and there was still effects after stasny that affected to where we are today
0: yeah yeah because after he let well he he signed free agent they didn't trade him right then he signed free agent, oh, free Louis, agent. um amazing the 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 um the ray Bork thing oh no clue no clue that shocked the hell out of me. And, and the way that they present it, um, that was like the longest branch in this tree starting with a, with, with a first rounder. It wasn't even, didn't even start with one of the players that they got. So it started with a first round pick in 94 and on and on it goes. And the very end and when, when if you haven't watched the video yet, I, I've been saying all along, absolutely go, go back and watch it. But when he, as he's describing, um, you know, a player that they got rid of and who they got, they're showing the graphics on on the video, and they show that the the line go down and it says two Boston four, and my eyes got wide open. I'm like, don't even tell me. And he and he says it. He goes, you know where I'm going with this, and the other guy that the guy I don't remember who it was, um, and and Ray Ray Bork, and I was like. I literally my my I was watching it on my phone. My wife was just watching something on television, and I go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she goes, "What?" I'm like, it, "I'll explain it to you later." I'm just in too much shock right now. It's just to know. I mean, could could would the Avalanche have gotten Ray Bork in some fashion if they really wanted him to? Sure. There's other players on the team. They could have given a different package. But the fact that it, it went back to, again, the, the Lindros deal is just like that was the, the icing on the cake for me to be like, this, is, this has got to be the greatest trade in terms of, of franchise-defining moments in the history of sports. It has to be.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that one branch that Bork was the end of, before that was Lemieux right so your your two cups are sitting on that branch by itself Mm,
0: right and i and when i saw lemieux like you you see the 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 lemieux part before it gets within the same branch like you said uh lemieux is before bork when i saw lemieux i was like oh my god that's amazing and then it keeps going another couple steps and they end up with bork and you're like wow man like the avalanche had some some smart brass uh back in the day and and the thing that is maybe the the that tops all of this is you know who was watching this happen in real time Joe Sakic. Oh yeah. And yeah. look what he pulled off when Matt Duchesne wanted out. And at the time like when when he and and I remember an article coming out saying he understood why Matt Duchesne wanted out. They, they were kind of in a rebuild mode. He understood it. And he told him, okay, like I get it, but I need you to be patient. Um, and it was more or less, I think, Joe Sakik knowing what he could get because of this. This had ramifications for what we well, saw a few years ago. So it's even taken taken existence into the avalanche today with Joe Sakik and how he materialized
1: that deal with Matt Duchesne. So it's still paying
0: dividends for the Colorado avalanche
1: today. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about utilizing that draft pick and getting the value out of what you got. Like even back at the Lindros trade, Pierre Lacro- Lacroix could have got just been fine with a Lindros, Peter Forsberg one for one. I mean, sure. <clears throat> that's a one-for-one trade. Uh, but yeah. Uh, now you look at it, it's a one-for-one trade. Sure. Peter Horthberg was not on the radar. Right. But now it's a one-for-one trade. But you accumulate Waugh and Rob Blake, and you're getting these through. Also, you're getting the draft picks for the future years and trade pieces along the way. It's utilizing the lesser pieces is things that we're doing now. Like even a lesser extent, with what we did with uh, Kerfoot and Barry getting Kadri like right the the how you utilize your talent and their worth and the pieces you get down the line and what you do with it, Joe Sackett picked up in his playing days and is using now to our advantage
0: absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking at the the draft from that year and just assuming you know. Uh, because the Avalanche took Peter Forsberg, who was the Flyers' pick that same year. I'm just looking at. Did you say you, you did say Alexei Kovalev was in the deal, right, for the Rangers? Yes. I, yes. Who was their pick for that year? So whoever those teams are, are picking, you're you're swapping, um, your first round pick for Lindros, in addition to the King's ransom. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, yeah. I mean. Wow. I'm trying, I mean, if, if you were to list the guy, like the the big, the big name players that that are household names for Avalanche fans, so many of them come out of this this tree. Patrick yeah. Watt, Adam Deadmarsh, Paul Stasny, uh, Alex Tangay. Oh my god! <laughs> you could even put Claude Lemieux in there and Bork. I know I'm miss um Yui Krupp. Yui Kroup is, is a yeah. Colorado Avalanche legend for what he did in the podcast. We playoff.
1: even got Keith Jones for a little bit. He's a <laughs> podcaster now. <laughs> right. Right.
0: I I mean it it's insane. It's insane to 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 just, you know, list these guys and like I said, their their household names within the Avalanche system. It's just it's it's incredible. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, and it's These are pieces that, like, Quebec wasn't a terrible team when we came to Colorado. That's why they were, if they had Lindros, they would stay in Quebec. But these little pieces that we fit in built the dynasty when we moved. Mm. And it started us off, like, on fire. And we consistently stayed. In the regular season, we were a threat. Mm. Granted, most of the playoffs, we didn't end up winning the Stanley Cup. But with those pieces of that trade, we were a regular season powerhouse.
0: Yeah. So true. And, and I, I just, I got that Ranger thing on my mind now. And because of all the things that could have been different, Avalanche don't go after Patrick Waugh if they got Mike Richter. No. You know what I mean? So do they, do they even win a Stanley Cup? Sure. You know, you know, Mike Richter is a fantastic goalie. He's on Patrick Waugh's level. No, he's not there, but he's, he's, he's maybe the next tier down. Um, and then, yeah, just going back to like, do, are the Rangers still seeking a, a, uh, a championship if they make that deal? Do they go after Patrick Waugh if they let go of Mike Richter back in the day? So many like, questions that we will never have the answers to, but amazing how it all falls we, in
1: line. We would have never had Waugh be our coach. We would have never had the fallout of that. There you go. We like it. It <sighs> it it would it would affect how we are today.
0: Look at all the things that we would have missed, and and it's insane how all of these pieces, all of them, and it's not one or two. There's like thirty of them on here that fall in line with all of the history now that we know in the Colorado Avalanche, including the rivalry with the with the Red Wings, like you said earlier. We don't. Yeah, there get would have been that. no
1: Red Wing rivalry at all. We
0: don't. We don't get the goalie fight. We don't get the goalie fight if if we. Don't do this deal. So I mean, yeah, like looking at the players is one thing that you you acquired the players, and then looking at like specific things within that time frame, like the the Red Wings, uh, you know, uh, rivalry, specific things like like Ue Group winning the winning Stanley. You know, you look at the moments that the players in this massive deal uh have have given us yeah. don't happen. They don't have. Yeah, if
1: you go, you look at that trade tree going backwards, like it never happened. That's <laughs> massive, massive black holes in the history that we would miss out on mm-hmm. in moments. And who knows what we look like today. We might have Chris Kreider. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I do I, the one and I said it in the show. Uh I think it was yesterday when when we got to the Theo Fleury part. He's the one guy I wish they they yeah. could have hung on to. But he went and signed with the Rangers, I believe, right? Didn't he go sign with the Rangers? Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, so. after us, yeah.
0: Now you watched the they did do one on Matt Duchesne. Oh, they yes. did a video on Matt Duchesne. Um not uh, nothing is as long as this one. Like most of the videos that they do for these are, like I said, like 10 to 15 minutes long. So uh how's that one how's the has has the uh I mean I know that one's still ongoing but there's still it's a still lot be- there.
1: Um a favorite of Locked on Avalanche podcast uh Sammy G hey. Samuel Gerard is on there. My boy. He is a part of the Matt Duchesne Creed. That that's our boy. <laughs> so um it's it's about a 15 minute video because like you said it's still ongoing to see um where this tree goes, mm-hmm. the car is part of it. But I mean, that mm-hmm. was that was that was a great tree as well. That was it was it was fantastic. And kind of like my follow up question
0: to that is do you think when all is said and done, maybe it takes ten years, do we have this, you know, Eric Lindros trade tree, volume two with absolutely
1: absolutely especially if you look at how the team if especially this tree came out at a great time if you draw the comparison between where the teams are at the two different times it's it's crazy the parallels you could draw really and i really see this reaping the same benefits as the lindross tree i I, i'm
0: looking forward to that like i said it, it might be another 10 years before we finally get maybe even longer than that because, you know, the guys they got are so young because, you know, like Cal McGar is so young. Um, and and yeah, you hope he plays for the avalanche for his, the entirety of his career, but we have no idea. We have no idea. Same thing with, uh, with Sam Gerard, He's so young, like so many things can happen uh, that came out of that deal. So I think we will, I think we're going to get another massive trade tree down the road. And I think we're in the, in the beginning of it, in the beginning stages of what that deal will do, we're going to be looking back like we're doing right now with this one. And we're going to be saying like, wow, so many defining moments uh, of the avalanche happened, you know, from the late 20 teens, early 2020s because of it, because of
1: that deal. And let's hope future general manager Gabe Landeskog takes notes of this. <laughs> <And> In <if that's laughs> 30 great, years, we could do this again. <laughs> that is a great,
0: great uh, observation. You, you think it'll be? You think Landeskog could could be? That's a good question. Who who has the most uh, probability of becoming a GM
1: on on the team? Oh, it's it's they're going to have Landy be GM and Nate head coach for three years and get mad and quit. I think, (laughs) I think,
0: I think Landis could be, or um, McKinnon could be a coach. I really do. I really do. Who, but they, they have somebody that's on, like who, who is their representative? Isn't it like, like Comfer? I thought JT Comfer has a big role in like this whole deal that's going on with, with the NHLPA. Um, It might be. be wrong on him, but, but maybe it's not with the NHLPA, but he, he has a role. Um, where he he's kind of like a big deal, um, and I got I I think it's Confer. I'll have to go back and look at that. But um, yeah,
1: I want to say it's Confer. I think he is he not part of the Hockey is for Everyone Inclusion Board that each team exactly. has a representative. Um, he is. Is that him?
0: uh I think you're right. I think that is what. No, is that is that him or is it Wilson? Is it Con? I thought it was Con Wilson. Who was the hockey is for everyone representative? Because he came out with those comments, and people are like about the tape, about the rainbow tape. Yeah, and I think he, I think he's the. I I could be wrong on all this, but I think he is the for the hockey is for everyone. I got to look it up. And uh JT Confer is for something else, but I don't know. Maybe Confer's smart. Maybe he's a smart guy, and he might be in the upper hey. deck looking down we one, could you know? we could
1: fill up the we could well, fill up the front
0: office <laughs> and the thing is man like they do they keep it in house the avalanche keep things in house so you literally look at the look at the roster because somebody on this team is going to be having a position of gm or head coach or head of something guaranteed yeah. because they that's what they do
1: i mean landy dresses the part oh, anyway He's so, GQ to the max man, man. Oh, the yeah.
0: only I, I argue with my buddy, who's a huge Ranger fan, all the time about who's the better, you know, Lungfist or or Landeskog, and you know, I obviously have to represent my man. Uh, <laughs> but Lungfist is a a very well dressed fellow, I will say that. But they're both Lundqvist Swedish. Is he's on the
1: of... he's on the cover of the magazines that you get when you go to the doctor's office, and or... Gabe is on Instagram ads. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> oh, if that doesn't show you the, di- uh, a- difference in age, I-, I don't know what will. So, um, <laughs> all right. So we, we, we'll get back to, to, to f- finish this up. We'll get back to hockey on ice, August 1st, uh, Avalanche are taking part in the round Robin round. How do you think they're going to do in that?
1: What's uh. your prediction? It's all of, I, I, we'll get a good idea once we can kind of get an idea off training camp. I'm really anxious to see who took this break um, seriously with the mindset that we're coming back or the ones that just kind of gave up and said, mm. oh, we'll get them next year. <laughs> Physical fitness is going to be the key. Mm. If you can come out with your legs, then there's the game already in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's all about who could take it seriously.
0: It's a crapshoot. Like, yeah, you you can, you can say the avalanche struggled against Dallas stars in the season. It doesn't mean jack squat right now. (laughs) It doesn't mean a thing. And, and you know, I'm paying attention to Colorado. Obviously you are paying attention to Colorado and in terms of them just being out on the ice, which is, is what it is. I'm not paying attention to, to see what teams like Vegas are doing and what, dallas is doing so i'm assuming those guys are doing what they have to do as well um but it it, it's you are you are going there's no preseason you are going from a week of practice into a freaking playoff game have fun
1: i don't know it's all about it's all about youth and skill and if and getting out there and going with it and who can actually make the trip and who will make the trip yeah that's gonna be There's a lot of key factors that are going on, and it's a very unpredictable playoffs. I mean, we saw what Columbus did to Tampa Bay last year. The playoffs are always unpredictable. This year, throw a dart, there's your cup champion. Right, right.
0: We'll see. Uh, This this will be one that we will remember for a very, very long time. And I'm not just talking about the Avalanche. Obviously, we want them to go as far as possible in raising a cup, but you know, regardless, whoever finishes this thing off as a champion, this entire season, postseason is going to be remembered for a very, very, very long time. So absolutely. It, it'll be interesting. So, all right, man. Uh, as always, absolutely love when you come on the show. So um, you will, if we get hockey back, when we get hockey back, I like I said, I, I plan on having pe- people on, probably you most of the time, uh, after games are over and we can kind of break them down. So uh, oh, let's be on, lookout, be on the lookout for my man Kyle here. So I appreciate it, sir. And Anytime. uh you wanna shout out your your awesome uh Twitter handle, which is I love so much.
1: Yeah. Uh follow me, Shaggy Von Doom. Um Von Doom. <laughs> check out uh work with mile high sticking. Yes. Uh Really good. Why not
0: us series? Awesome series, really good series. Definitely check that out. All right, man. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll be back right after this. All right, so there you have it, Kyle Sullivan, once again coming on the show, and as always, very grateful that he's always willing to come on and talk hockey. He loves Avalanche as much as anybody I know, so he's always ready and willing to talk about some Colorado Avalanche hockey, especially something like this that has benefited them forever. So we are going to wrap it up here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much if you have been listening to these past three episodes this week, kind of revisiting this and breaking it down and maybe going down memory lane. And maybe this is a reason why so many people became an Avalanche fan. You know, the two Stanley Cups helped. You get a lot of fans when you can win. Uh, and the Avalanche won mainly because they had a good team and some of the incredible deals they made thanks to what we have talked about here this entire week. So maybe we'll do the Matt Duchesne one down the road sometime, but I need a breather right now after doing that one because that was exhausting, but good <laughs> in a good way. So that's going to be it for today and this week. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again to Kyle. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to some hockey news. We touched on it, obviously, Kyle and I did, about hockey starting back up. Even though it's a few weeks away, it's right around the corner. So hopefully we can get to pucks dropping. So we'll talk about that stuff next week. And anything else new that might be happening around the league, if you want to hear stuff just unrelated to the Avalanche and related to hockey in general, definitely check out Locked On NHL. Uh, they just cover it all league-wide. it's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you next week. Here is Jovi. Go, Abs, go!